We are all unique, and how each of us moves through life by working with the unseen, spiritual parts of us looks different. If one way you access support is through books, and you haven't tried the Soulquake Survival Guide yet, today's a great day to try it before you buy it. Head to the show notes where I have a link for you to receive a free PDF of the first chapter. Enjoy the first chapter, and if you love it, you can find it on Amazon Worldwide in paperback, audio, and ebook. Your journey matters, my friend, and reviving your connection to spirit in earth-shaking times can be a game changer. Through unique sharings from amazing souls around the world that will help you feel more inner freedom, clear direction, and inner strength to do what you have come to do, Enthusiastically Spiritual's mission is to help inspire more enthusiasm for you to follow through with your heart's desires. If you are inspired by this podcast and would like to help support it, please feel free to follow the show notes that say, support this show. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. How's your odyssey going? Have you ever called your life an odyssey? How about a liminal odyssey? If you're wondering what a liminal odyssey is, I have the perfect guest on today to share all about it from her recent released book, The Liminal Odyssey, The Alchemical Power of the Spaces in Between. Her name is Sandy Hart. She's an award-winning leader in the fields of women's empowerment and interfaith community building. She founded the Women's Interfaith International Grassroots Organization, Sarah, the Spiritual and Religious Alliance for Hope, the morning of 9-11, an instinct to gather women of diverse faces, faiths to protect all that they considered sacred. Now it's in its 20th year. She founded and served as director of Charter for Compassion's Women and Girls Sector, served as chair for the United Religions Initiative for North America, and serves on the Women's Task Force for the Parliament of World Religions. She is also the founder of Compassionate California. Sandy is currently being inducted into the Women's Oral History Library of Claremont Colleges. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you for having me, Teresa. I'm delighted to be here. Well, let's talk about liminal and odyssey. What is a liminal odyssey? (laughs) Um, You know, liminal is, first of all, let's just say what everyone's thinking. It's a clunky new word. And a lot of people don't know what the word means. Liminal literally means threshold. It means the place between here and there, the place between crisis and action, dilemma and choice, or, and it's scalable, it can mean a evolutionary growth spurt that we are in right now as a human race, as the as a society. And, uh, you know, architects actually use that word rather liberally when they're describing a staircase or a public space like a park where people move through it. So it's not really the space. The word liminal really doesn't just mean the space. It means what we do in the space. What is what comes out of that space through shared experience or individual experience? And the Odyssey part of the title is really how how we live in that space and really making it a a journey but you know journey it wasn't a big enough word for me when i was thinking about it because journey is sort of already a preconceived notion of where we're going 
right? Even though we say we may not know where we're going, but we know we're on our way. And Odyssey is really accepting the fact that we're going into uncharted territory, the great wide galaxy of the unknown, because we it's time we recreate a new understanding of where of where it is that we're actually going, a new society. It's time. So it's interesting. So as I want to go first off to about your um, the organization you created in 9-11, Sarah. Yeah. So that to me feels like it was a part of the liminal odyssey. And you probably didn't have that word yet, did you? Oh, heavens no. I only learned the word liminal a couple of years ago, even not even that long ago. And um, certainly I didn't even stop to question what was going on inside of me, except that I knew I had to gather women. Mm-hmm. I knew that and I didn't have an awful lot of women around me. I didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. girlfriends. I, I was the director of sales and marketing for a major home builder. I was busy with my kids' middle school lives. So I was a great soccer mom or basketball mom. <laughs> but you know what happens when you are just raising your family and keeping everything together with my husband. But when 9-11 happened that morning, I my entire DNA rearranged and I heard gather women I said, yes. Then I said, where am I supposed to find the women and who who's who's giving me these marching orders in the first place? Mm-hmm. It's also the time where I became intimately involved with my spirit guide or my calling, what have you, just the other that wasn't really present because I was in charge of my life, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in charge of the family unit. I was taking charge and I was in my head and I no longer had that option. Had to let my heart lead, and I listened to it, and it said, "Gather women," and that's what I did. Wow, such a powerful time because that was definitely like all the other times in you know in in history that something majorly happened. That was like huge for all of us living in this you know time frame right now. But also at that point, bringing in women that were of faith. So to me. There's people out there that, you know, are atheists and that's cool and believe and, you know, Jewish and Catholic and everything. Right. right. But how important is it to have a faith or a belief in a, in a lifetime for, for a soul? What do you believe in that? You know, how important that is for people? Well, as an interfaith activist, because first, the reason why we became an interfaith group, why it was intentional that we were of diverse faith traditions. And that also includes those who don't identify with the faith or consider themselves non-believers, or also the pagan and and witch community, of course, earth-based traditions, Mm -hmm. um, very important to what we do, um, is that there's a higher and a deeper value system. And, and, but the, but the catalyst for me was the fact that these were Muslim terrorists that were attacking our country. And I didn't know any Muslim women and I didn't know any Muslim people, not by design, but being Jewish, Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't imagine what these women must be dealing with right now. And right now, meaning the moment the news hit and they've got to get their kids ready for school. What are they doing with their kids today? Mm -hmm. That's what was going through my mind. And again, not knowing any Muslim women, I started there. Mm -hmm. And although spirit led me into some interfaith dialogues and those dialogues are where I found diverse women of different traditions. We came together, we called ourselves Sarah, the mother of all nations, which generally speaking is the Abrahamic faiths, but really we took it to mean mother of all nations, mother of our community, mother energy, maiden mother crone energy, 
um, you know, whatever mother means to you, uh, we are here on the scene and, and, and uh, we've had enough. So we're here to show up. We come together in dialogue to learn about one another. We take that out into the community. So we breathe in and out. Mm, that beautiful. Way. beautiful. And that support is so needed. And so that was obviously over 20 years ago. And now where we're at in, you know, the liminal odyssey, but really gathering that support that each person needs from their community, from their family, from whatever it looks like. That's so important. I think that's a real key of what's been missing in our, you know, like going back to what tribals when, the, you know, and the great indigenous grandmothers and having mm-hmm. that support is so important. Yeah. And it's a way of life. You know, when you get down to the ancient ways, mm-hmm. it's really a way of life that has been, we've been, it's been stripped from us by patriarchy's charms, mm-hmm. by this call to have more need, more, have a certain order of how things are done um, globally, where women were once revered and honored for what their body was capable of doing. I mean, it's no small feat that we could give birth and and we flow in sync with the moon cycles. I mean, there's some real evidence there that women, you know, deserve a little reverence or a lot of reverence. And they were given that reverence mm-hmm. until we learned about the power of commoditizing our planet, commoditizing Earth taking from the earth, turning it into something that is valuable like money. And then that whole currency shifted literally Mm -hmm. the currency from the natural order of things to a hierarchical domination system Mm -hmm. that it helped and got us, you know, the microprocessor, we wouldn't be able to communicate right now. And you wouldn't be able to listen to this right now if you know, that system didn't happen or we couldn't go to the moon or explore the outer limits of the, of our solar system. But, but yet we've lost the the balance is so far off. And there's the indication of, of uh, the crises and, you know, that's piling on all around the world. And to your original question about the importance of religion or tradition, I'm going to stretch that to traditions or cultures or, Anchoring ourselves in that the divinity of who we are and who our tribe is, you know, uh, whether it's a global tribe, a oneness of humanity um, and all sentient beings or your village, wherever you are. We need one another and we need to find those common roots that are based in secular ethics as well as the spiritual realms. That's that's my answer to your question. A few minutes later, <laughs> <laughs> I eventually get to it. I yeah, um, <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because I agree with you so much, Sandy, like technology. I mean, you know, and I look back at, at history and go, my God, we're so blessed at where we're at. I mean, I'm to the point where it's so funny. I walk through Costco. This is really weird. But when I'm in Costco, I'm like, look, I feel such gratitude. Like, look at the abundance, the abundance. And of course, there's so much abundance, which is a lot. But you know, and not just that, but like you said, us talking like this, and there's so much wonderful aspects to where we're at right now in humanity. But I, I totally agree. We're off kilter. Like we are, most people are lost with who they are as a soul, how to connect with their, you know, their guidance and et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and it's that, and finding their own wisdom. So I think that is where your book is beautiful because it really brings in a lot of different aspects about being here in the liminal odyssey and, and exploring what we're here to do. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, it, it's really as simple and elegant as remembering who we are. And there's some simple there's some simple practices that are really cool and really powerful. If I may share, yeah, please do one of them. Um, you know, body awareness is such a great way of um, really you're double downing, you're doubling down on a couple of practices here when you're practicing body awareness. You're practicing awareness, which is the first thing. What's going on around us? What's in what liminal spaces are presenting? themselves to us all day long. Um, but body awareness is really just simply paying attention to what's going on in your body, giving it, okay, I'm going to use this word again, I use it a lot, reverence for what's happening in your body. How often are we disconnected? Like right now, I didn't even realize it, but I got a little ache in my lower back, so I'm going to shift a bit here. And this came to me when I was at a conference and the this, the the we were now being led into a meditation, and the the uh, Joel Levy who was leading the, the the workshop actually said, "Okay, now get comfortable in your seat." And if you weren't comfortably comfortable before, ask yourself why. I'm like, okay, ah, yeah. By the way, hey, I'm not very comfortable, and I'm in total control of how I shift my body here. So body awareness is more powerful than we know. Also, what signs? Are, are happening to us. Mm -hmm. Teresa, have you ever had a moment where you're wondering and you're expressing something and you're wondering if it's the, you know, if that's really the answer and you get full body? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah? definitely. There's your sign. There's our body responding. More, more, um, more neurons come from our heart to our head than the other way around. Mm -hmm. Our body is, is really following our heart. Is There's some power there. And um, the, in, every cell has a nucleus of intelligence in it. Mm -hmm. It's a big system, and we are really missing out on some great information if we're not paying attention. So here's the simple practice. Five times a day for about 25 seconds, mm -hmm. stop and pay attention to your body. Just commit, set a timer, or how about this? Every time you go into the restroom, and because we typically do that five times a day, um, stop and take the moment and just go, okay, what's happening right now in my body? Pay attention to it. Give it reverence, bow to it, thank it and move on and do that for, you won't even need to get through a month's time, but practice doing that every single day, make it a discipline. If you need stick and notes, stick and notes, if you put on your calendar, however you remind yourself and, um, and you'll start becoming more hyper aware of not just your body, but then watch synchronicity start to, start to multiply. Mm -hmm. That's the funnest part of all where you go like, I saw three synchronicities today. Well, keep doing it. You'll see 10. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it'll add up. <laughs> that's how spirit talks to us. And they add up and they multiply. Mm -hmm. And then they turn into this magnificent Indra's net, right? Where they just start, you start weaving these patterns together and Oh, it's almost, oh, it's a lot. It's powerful. It's mir miraculous. I totally agree with you, Sandy, but it begins with the, each person taking care and understanding what where they come from. How am I feeling? Not about how Sandy, hey, Sandy, you're feeling your way. How's Teresa feeling today? And then Sandy's taking care of Sandy and this person. Take, I think that's a lot of, of what people 
have been working with so for so long is taking care of people outside of them. That is time to really come home. And that's what this whole um, last couple of years has been about is, you know, who am I and what am I, what am I here to really express and do? And all of that coming into, you know, really the, the forefront. Do you agree with that? Oh, I think the greatest gift I can give you is to do this for myself mm-hmm. is to be my, be in my integrity Integrity, not the moral sense of the like judgy word integrity, doing the right thing, which of course we all want to do that, but being in our wholeness, the integrity of our body system, the integrity of this incredible design. Stop and think about the design of our body. Holy smokes. I mean, it's really magnificent. And we just take it for granted. Are not all of us, of course, but I know I did. Yeah. Yeah, And I know, I think most people, or I should say a large percentage do until something happens, until they have a cancer or they have got a, a, you know, an ailment or that's when, okay, sometimes that's when the, um, the knock comes on. It's like, okay, you need to really, now it's our time to pay attention to what's going on in your body and ways to shift things. Absolutely. That's so true. And, you know, one of the things that I discovered in writing the Liminal Odyssey and starting to look at all of these skills and making them practices, and then they started working together collectively, like building blocks upon the other, um, the importance is not waiting until a crisis to practice them. Because that's typically when I used to go to my bookshelf and pull off a book. What do I do? You know, I'm not feeling very mindful. Or, oh, no, I'm in a relationship crisis. So I'll pull off my Brene Brown book or whatever. (laughs) It's kind of inspiration. Practice these things before you need them. Just like honoring your body. Perhaps, you know, you're going to avert uh, a crisis in your cells, in your body. We absorb a lot of energy. And that messes with a lot of other systems that ultimately can get sick. Um, I'm not a doctor, uh, but I I like to think that it all makes sense. That we it sure does, Sandy. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like everything else, like, you know, brushing our teeth. Like if we don't brush our teeth and floss our teeth, eventually you may lose your teeth. Okay, so <laughs> and, and that's just a little, that's a little part, right? But I mean, yeah. there there's a bigger aspect to really being in tune with who you are as a soul and your energy and how to work with that. And more and more people, because I go to a lot of expos and fairs and meet a lot of people and more and more people of all walks in, in nature are, are waking up to, I need, I need some assistance with this. Yeah. And the, the waking up right now is happening on a grand scale and quantum physicists are even saying we are, we're moving into a second quantum revolution. The first being, you know, understanding that we live in a mental universe and which expanded the atom. And of course, all kinds of discoveries that we mentioned earlier come from that philosophy and launched an awful lot of science um, and mindful science, science on the mind. Um, And now we're moving into another era where they're seeing that the spaces are even bigger than they originally thought. Things are speeding up. The heartbeat of our planet, according to HeartMath, you know, this nonprofit um, research center, which is full of integrity in all kinds of ways. Um, you know, I've noticed that the earth is, uh, you know, the heartbeat of the earth is speeding up, but we're nature as well. Mm-hmm. And I like to think of it as our minds are catching up to our spirituality mm-hmm. for a race for awakening. Mm-hmm. And it's happening right now. As we speak. 
And what's yeah. interesting too is even like recently with the James Webb telescope, have you have you seen some of those pictures? No. Okay. It's in my notes to do right oh, now. Oh, Sandy. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I listened to this astrologer online and he was saying how these, these um, it goes all, this telescope goes all the way back to the, the big bang, the beginning of creation way mm. further than Hubble. And it, when I looked at those pictures, I was blown away. I mean, it took, it almost like changed, like you said, you know, how 9-11 changed your DNA. This like sent a wave of change in my DNA. So this astrologer I was listening to recently said something of about this happening, about how this is another expansion of consciousness. So like you're saying, science, heart math, you know, our physical, the celestial, I mean, everything right now is at this huge expansion. I chills. I say this, it's so exciting, Sandy. Are you not excited? <laughs> I'm so oh excited. <laughs> That's why we're here, right, Sandy? Or we would not be here right now. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, that's the bottom line. I mean, we're here because this is damn exciting. This is exciting. It's such an incredible time to be alive. It is. And people will look at me and go, how could you say that? Look at all the crisis. Look at the environment. Look at the, you know, we're losing species. Look at the, look at the, in our country alone, the fragility of our government that we never imagined before, you know, and and but at the same time, we're being counterbalanced by the futurist visionary scientists that are showing up, people like us. You know, when a seed is planted underground, it disintegrates. It has to disintegrate before it falls apart. I mean, before it can grow into what its true potential is. And that true potential can can, you know, birth a 10,000 trees, which can birth 10,000 more trees and forests and so on. So what is our potential that's breaking through right now? And the fascinating time we're in is we could see the seed falling apart, but we can see the, the, the small, bright green sprout coming out of the surface of the soil, out of the darkness. It's hard to imagine this evolutionary growth spurt, the sprout not continuing to grow bigger and faster. Mm -hmm. I think we can do it in our lifetime. I'm 61. I think we're think think just 10 years ago where our society was and our culture was and how we've made great strides and improvements and how we see one another. Definitely. I mean, I can't even think back that far. Is that weird? I mean, I think that's how fast things are going for myself. It's like even looking back at pictures, I'm like, my God, who was that? I can't, it's hard to even relate to who I was you know, a year ago, two years ago, and then go back 10 years. My gosh, Sandy, it's like, I, I barely recognize the soul in that physical body in the picture. And the plant will not recognize its seed. And the butterfly will not recognize its, you know, caterpillar or its larva, its gooey, messy larva, whatever it is, you know, it's, and we're all in any different particular stage personally, you know? So it's, again, it's a very scalable vision to hold. It really is. But you know, the exciting part to me is that we don't have to do it alone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, um, hello, there's a, how many of us on the planet? Is there 8 billion right now? I'm probably adding more and well, there's other souls I know want to come in the planet. So there's so much support for people these days and for the journey. And, you know, like you walking your, your, you know, your talk and me walking my talk and others walking their talk. And then expanding all that positive energy to others who may feel alone, but they don't have to feel alone. No, as a matter of fact, um, we are all connected anyway. Mm -hmm. Have you ever walked into a room 
and felt the energy change or been in a room where somebody walked in the energy change that's real so we are really connected um i don't know much about aura studies but i know there are studies that prove that when people come into your sphere you change um and yet culture is a collective agreement by all of all of us right so we all contribute our behavior contributes your behavior contributes so when we all function in uh enlightened self-interest when what i do for myself i'm doing for you and vice versa what we were talking about earlier um collectively we're better if i alone never leave this room but i pray and i keep my thoughts impeccable and i'm going to trust that at some level at some vibrational level you're better because of it yeah, so we definitely. both really. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and interesting too, like in the physical, how I'm saying, you know, we're not all alone because we have other support for people, but also in the spiritual. So I've noticed that, of course, at these expos and things, more and more people are waking up. But like last weekend, I was at an, at an event and a lady came up and stood next to me, was talking to me. And all of a sudden her guide came next to her and I felt the guide. And, I, and she's like, oh boy, I've never had my guide come this close at, in, you know, in the midst of talking to someone like this. So the support we are receiving from the other realm is human. It's humongous. I had a conversation this morning with a group of women that I um, encircle with regularly. And we were talking about the presence. Yesterday was the Jewish New Year. Shana Tova to any Jewish <laughs> listener. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Um, and um, we were talking about how you know, yesterday and the cold Nidre service that where we really strip ourselves in front of God and, you know, how, however you relate, it was very different than any other time. We all agreed to that. We were not all Jewish, but we're all agreeing that we're in that place right now where we're feeling really stripped mm -hmm. and it kind of feels really great. Mm -hmm. It feels really great to get naked in front of your truth. Mm -hmm. And just say, okay, let's question assumptions. Let's come clean. Let's look at behavior patterns that don't serve us. Let's get more aware and honest with our body and, and relate, intimate relationship with our body, what's going on. Um, and watch how we can midwife, you know, this new place. We don't know where we're going. We know we're on our way and we know we're going there together. I don't want to poison the water hole when I get there. I, I say, I think I say that in the book too. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's interesting because um, I, I like that uh, metaphor of thinking that we're all naked and we're all exposed and we're all into this, like, you know, what's next and how do I, what's the next clothing I wear? Or how do I present myself in, in, in the way that I am now, which is totally different than I was yesterday and, er and every other minute, right? We're in constant change, but I'm going to keep that in mind for myself as I move through and see people and where they're at. Because mm -hmm. if you and I, and the, and the where where we're at energetically and spiritually on our paths, open, aware, expanding, et cetera, unfolding. The people that are in different levels of consciousness are where they're at. So having a give and go reverence for these souls who are just waking up and just really coming into, but they're feeling so exposed because they they feel naked. So I love that you brought that in, Sandy, and I'm filled with chills. I say that because that's a really big thing to think about as we move in the world right now. 
you know, I think about this a lot when I see somebody that I would otherwise judge, whether it's somebody on the freeway cutting me off or someone behaving in a way that isn't the way I, my highest vision of how I would do it. Um, and think everybody's just doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. I really believe everybody is really doing the best they can and they've got different lessons to learn. You know, I sure have my host of lessons mm -hmm. to learn yet and that I have learned, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the, all I can do is really work on that and and honor everybody for the challenge. And every right now, you know, it's a very difficult time. I'm, I, I won't pretend anything than that's the truth, right? Mm -hmm. I think what yet what this conversation earlier today that I mentioned was that we're all feeling this weight, even though you don't know what it is and you can't put your finger on it, therein lies the truth that we all impact one another. Mm -hmm. When the whole planet is concerned about their health care because of COVID or the rising waters or the tornadoes or the hurricanes and the fires or the drought, that no one's immune from that. Mm -hmm. So of course we got to go easy on ourselves. We got to go easy on one another. This is where compassion and understanding what compassion means is really powerful. It's not a warm fuzzy word. It's right. actually a hard and prickly word when you're doing it right. It's right. identify the suffering of another mm -hmm. and having the desire to alleviate some of that suffering, even if you don't have have to actually touch them or give them anything. It might be. Just thinking, okay, thoughts, good thoughts about them and wishing them well. Mm -hmm. Just that acknowledgement. And that honestly may be all they also need energetically. Oh, uh, don't we all? Thank you. Yes, for that. I agree. <laughs> right. We're all raising, we're all impacting the energy on the planet. Mm -hmm. So when I'm, you know, when, when I'm upset about something, not only is, you know, what am I doing to my body and my soul right now by beating myself up about something or carrying that energy, which is a normal thing to do, but how long am I going to do it for? Um, I have to also remember that impacts you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's easier for me to consider you than it is for me, because <laughs> that's the, you know, about being a woman. That's just the nature of what we do. We care for others typically before we care for ourselves. That's something we, you know, we're working on. Right, as constantly. women, <laughs> constantly, that whole gas. But now remember that gas mask over your face in an airplane. Mm -hmm. Got to care for ourselves first, and then we're better suited to show up. Without a doubt, I hundred percent agree with that. So let's talk a little bit about your a beautiful book, The Liminal Odyssey, and the alchemical powers of the spaces in between. So we, we you know, touched a bit about it. Now this book is rocking. I read it and I was like, holy moly, it's got some amazing, like you said, some techniques, some insights, some beautiful passages, which I'm going to have you read in a little bit because I want you to share with, um, with my listeners and my people on YouTube um, some a beautiful passage that's in this book. But this is a powerhouse of a book, Sandy. So how I'll just ask, I mean, in, in the wide range of, of you know, things you could have added. How did you streamline into what you put into this book? Because my goodness, it's it's chock full. And it's a little book too. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, but it's it's a big book. A big book and a little book, Sandy. <laughs> Gosh, I'm just going to capture all of what you just said in a recording and just <laughs> let it play me to sleep every night. Thank you. Um, wow. It, it wrote me is the first thing I have to say. I set out to tell a single story 
that I've been urged to tell by my friends for the last 15 or so years about an experience I had in 1982 at a no nukes rally and music festival. It was a pretty wild story. I thought it was just sort of a mundane and significant little story uh, up until the day that I had to, I was forced to share a personal story in a group of people. I, you know, we were going around and someone said, okay, now share something interesting about ourselves that no one else knows. And I'm like, I don't have anything interesting. So I told that story. And then I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty great story. I should tell it again. And on the way home, my girlfriend was like, you got to write a book about that, about that story. You could fill up a book. And of course, I sat down a number of times and tried, but I didn't have enough of a book to write. I couldn't even fill up a chapter, let alone a few pages. I told the story and that was it. I didn't like I didn't I didn't have anything else to grab onto to make it I'm not really an author, I thought. And so um, and maybe an author could do that sort of thing. And I even looked for ghostwriters. I looked for support. Um, you know, it wasn't supposed to happen. I'm glad for that. Um, and then I heard this word liminal. I'm like, oh, OK. I actually thought I was going to sit down and write a book about liminality. Because it really it struck me. And then I thought, well, what was going on in 1982 in that liminal space between my call to action and what happened next? And I started writing about that. And then before I knew it, the skill of reverent listening showed up, the power of listening. So I wrote about that. So each chapter is this, a story with an anchored uh, lesson, methodology, maybe science, something that made sense for me in that story. And the rest of the stories poured out of me. Similar to Peace Sunday in 1982, which was the name of the event. I thought these other things were, yeah, they were kind of cool, right? But I started writing about them, like, no, these are more than cool. These are really notable, really important. And, um, and so I wrote about them. And then, of course, intergenerational trauma work was necessary for me to understand what was going on in that particular story. So every story um, is followed by its methodology or practice and practice. Then I pulled back and I let, I thought, okay, wait, this is something of a journey. Let's look at, cause I'm a, a you know, I love Tom, uh, Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and, the patterns and um, well, maybe I should I should sort of set that, that this up as a template in the hero's journey. It's like it just didn't hit the mark. There was so much more there. You know, it, it twists and it turned and it was spiral and square at the same time. It was linear and it was it was inside out. It didn't it didn't follow any pattern that I had ever seen before. And there there was another reason for the word odyssey. And then I pulled the skills out separately. And I, I put them on a sheet of paper and I'm like, wow, these are all required for one another. They're all mutually beneficial, mutually necessary. They're all interrelated too. And how, you know, to have, to understand, you know, body awareness is to really have reverent listening. So what happens when you start pulling all these things together? And then what was happening is I'm writing the book. I'm living these practices in real time. So I'm like, I'm starting to see changes in my life, changes in my body, changes in my relationships, changes in how I respond to my husband and my kids, you know, those you're closest to, right? And that's a real lived test. <laughs> <where you're facing laughs> right. 
how my patience is so much greater. What a better driver I am. I mean, everything. I started noticing these changes. I'm like, holy smokes, it's a super skill. All of these skills put together is a super skill. Then I thought, I don't want a preachy book. I'm not going to tell people what to do with all these skills. I don't like it when I like to be informed. I like to have information that helps me. But I'm really professing something really powerful. So I thought, how do I personalize this and make sure it's truly not just for me? So I pulled in some other modalities that I necessarily don't pull in. Like, um, well, I do use yoga and other mindfulness and breathing techniques, but they're not my go-to, for example, or some other pro-social psychology things. Whatever you, whatever inspiration you pull up when you're trying to get through something, I try to think of those things. It works. It's it's malleable, mm-hmm. right? It's it can really be. There's not any one kit for everyone, and and. I just, that's to me, the philosophy of the liminal odyssey, which I'm now calling liminal coherence, uh, which isn't mentioned in the book because it's all just been, this has been a constant discovery process. Just an unfoldment, right? But it will unfold me until my last breath. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I always say is like, my learning is until the last moment I'm here. Well, it is such an amazing book. And I will um, share also that the, cover is spectacular. So when I go to my expos and fairs, I have a um, enthusiastically spiritual podcast um, table. So I always put out all the books and I put it like the episode and in my YouTube and I have everything out there. And I just took your book um, recently and I laid it out because I don't have this episode obviously is not released till November. So, and this is back in, we're filming this in um, September. No, October. Gosh, I can't remember what month it is, Sandy, but it's October, right? I think so. (laughs) I know. It's beginning of October, right? So I laid it out and someone picked that, or a few people picked it up. They're like, wow. I mean, so the cover, the energy, they're like, what's this about? I said, she's coming to, to, she's going to be on my podcast soon, but not yet. But they were like, so it's a powerful, powerful book. Love it. Thank you. I have to give kudos to Catherine Skaggs, who is the artist Mm. of that piece. And she actually posted um, this piece of art that she was developing before it was complete, because that's sometimes what she will do. Mm-hmm. She'll share what spirit is driving her to do. And in here, there was some of it, but not it wasn't complete. You can even see some pencil scratches. But this part of it was complete, more or less, mm-hmm. more, more than, yeah, it was complete. And it looks so different when you zoom in. To the face than it does for the rest of the image. It almost looks like two different beings, two different images. But I said, Catherine, I've never done this before. Have you ever licensed your art before for a book? And she says, no. I said, please, you've got to license me. This says everything. And when you look closer at the artwork, you can see the detail and some and there's some subtleties in the stroke marks that are even more so powerful when you really get into it and hold this book up close to your face. And she wasn't really interested in me using her artwork. And I just held my breath till I drew blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please, please, please. Well, and describe it for the listeners, because, you know, if if they're watching this on YouTube, I just held it up and showed what it looks like. Uh, But for anyone listening, would you like to describe what the front of the book looks like? It is something of a goddess mythical face where you're only seeing really the eyes and the part of the nose and the nose. And that's about it. And some of the of the forehead, one eye is open, one eye is closed. 
right? Our inner work and our outer work. Mm-hmm. The, 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 there's an indescribable, the, the, you know, um, feeling I get when I see it. So I'm not sure I know how to put that into words other than it's sublime. And again, like I said, if you look really close at first glance, you see what looks like perhaps a woman's face. Mm -hmm. You look closer and you see the third eye Mm -hmm. that is so brilliant. And with a, a spark of light coming from that, that radiates out and then look closer into the light. And it's up for your own personal interpretation of what you see in there. I see my ancestors. Oh, without a doubt. I just saw them. Yes. I see a circle of women. Mm -hmm. I see my children in the next seven generations or, you know, so you can really just hold, you can just buy the book to hold it up to your face and meditate on (laughs) So, And we know what I see, Sandy, which is interesting is, um, so half of it is blue and half of it is yellow orange. And so to me, it's like the moon and then the sun. Oh, how beautiful. I just, I mean, that's what I see. It's it's just a spectacular book. Yeah. Just love it, Sandy, yeah. so much. Well, I never thought of it. It could be the solar and the lunar, right? The the darkness and the light. Uh, it's also the chakra, the crown chakra, or the throat mm-hmm. chakra, integ- mm-hmm. integrity of our mm-hmm. words, right? And our, uh, the sacral. Identification, right? right? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So there's so much meaning just in the cover of the book. (laughs) Forget reading the book. It's just in the cover. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Fabulous, Sandy. Well, let's, uh, there's one way I want to end this. So I first want to thank you from bottom of my heart for coming on today and sharing this beautiful message, your beautiful book. All the information of how to get a hold of Sandy will be in the show notes, how you can um, get her book and you can connect with her on Facebook, on Twitter, um, on all the LinkedIn, everything. But I would love for Sandy to end this episode with a beautiful reading from the Indigenous Grandmothers. Thank you so much. And before I do, allow me to express my deep vows of gratitude for you, Teresa, for this space, for your hospitality and bringing me here, for for the opportunity for my voice to be heard um, in my spirit is smiling right now. My angel, they're all high-fiving each other. Um, And also for bringing this to the world. I'm just so grateful for you and your voice. Mm, Thank you. How you use it, how you walk through your life. This is a message from the 13 Indigenous grandmothers. As you move through these changing times, be easy on yourself and be easy on one another. You are at the beginning of something new. You are learning a new way of being. You will find that you are working less in the yang modes than you used to. You will stop working so hard at getting from point A to point B the way you have in the past, but instead will spend more time experiencing yourself in the whole and your place in it. Instead of traveling to a goal out there, you will voyage deeper into yourself Your mother's grandmother knew how to do this. Your ancestors from long ago knew how to do this. They knew the power of the feminine principle. And because you carry their DNA in your body, this wisdom and this way of being are within you. Call on it. Call it up. 
Invite your ancestors in as the yang-based habits of the decaying institutions on our planet begin to crumble. Look up, a breeze is stirring. Feel the sun on your wings. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, Teresa. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.